Welcome back, holy readers. I'm so glad that you're joining me here on Holy Holy for episode five. I can't believe that we are already through Exodus and we're about to begin Leviticus. I'm excited. Let's talk quickly about Exodus 19. Here is one of the most amazing passages, I think, in Scripture. Because the children of Israel gather at Mount Sinai, subsequently, Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb are the same mountain. It's just two different names. But they see the mountain quaking. It's covered with thick black smoke, and they see lightning flashing. They hear this trumpet, and then they hear the voice of God. I think what an amazing moment to see the physical manifestation of Yahweh come to pass. So we move on then to Exodus 21 through 23, and this is a group of laws. So the narrative pauses for God to give us laws. These laws are meant to protect the vulnerable from exploitation by the powerful. God does not want Israel to treat other people the way that the Egyptians treated them. Here are some highlights from those laws. Servants and foreigners, they get a Sabbath rest. This is Exodus 20.10. Kidnapping is strictly prohibited in Exodus 21.6. The death penalty is enacted for anyone that would kill their servant in Exodus 21.20-21. And then no denying justice to the poor in Exodus 23.6. This leads us along to Exodus 24, where the covenant between Israel and Yahweh is ratified. This is an important moment and also an amazing scene. Uh, Moses goes up onto the mountain with Joshua and Aaron and Aaron's sons and other elders and they say that they actually see Yahweh and then they have a meal. How incredible is that to have a meal with Yahweh on the mountain of God? But then Moses goes up higher and he receives the Ten Commandments. This is important because there are all of these other ancient religions and modern religions that have a multitude of gods that people don't know how to please. So then they have to walk around in fear, worrying that they have displeased the gods. But our God, Jehovah, is so kind and rich in mercy that he would tell us exactly how to please him. Then we move on to the tabernacle text in Exodus 26. I told you that when we read Genesis 1 that we would see echoes of creation throughout the rest of our scriptures, and no doubt we see it here. And there are some things that I want to point out first the cherubim. There are cherubim all over this tabernacle, especially wo woven into the um, the the curtain and then on the Ark of the Covenant. So this echoes Genesis chapter 3 verse 24 where we also see cherubim. Then we have the tree of life in Genesis 2 9 and then this is echoed in the golden lampstand. It has seven branches. It has almond blossoms and petals and this is echoing the tree of life and we see that in Exodus 25 verses 31 through 37. The last thing we see in Genesis chapter 1 is this seven day cycle. And we see this again in Exodus 29:30. Here we move on to Exodus 32 and the golden calf. This is a paramount moment. This is a very important story. Moses has gone on up to the mountain and he's been there for 40 days. The children of Israel don't know what's happened to him. And so Moses is gone and Aaron decides to fashion a golden calf. This is really amazing because in archaeology, um, they have discovered bronze calves in ancient Sumeria that were worshipped. So this was something that was apropos for the time. But the 
Israelites wanted to worship something that they could see. When you read these scriptures, you realize that when they heard God's voice, they said, no, Moses, you go, you talk to God and we're going to stay back. They wanted to be able to worship something that they could see because that's what the Egyptians did. But our God is not like other gods. We are his image bearers. We are the Imago Dei. We represent Christ here on the earth. This is why one of the Ten Commandments says, don't make brazen images, don't make idols, because we are the idols. We are little Christ representing him on the earth. Something to remember is that we become like what we worship. And here, the golden calf has a stiff neck that can't be turned. And Israel later becomes a stiff-necked people because they became like the golden calf. Every idol, friend, it will fall. Any idol that we fashion other than God, it will fall. And, and something so important here to note is that they actually called this golden calf Yahweh. It said, let us make a festival to Yahweh, and then they worshiped the calf. And then it said um, that these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. And so even though it was a golden calf, they believed in their heart they were worshiping Yahweh. And we can have the best intentions, but unless we are worshiping the one true God, the way that he desires to be worshiped, that idol will crumble in our lives. Exodus chapter 33 is the Lord's glory. Oh my goodness, this passage is so fantastic because it's echoed throughout the rest of our scriptures. Moses has been with God on the mountain and he comes back and his face is glowing. So this is going to be echoed in the book of Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 where it says that the people that are wise will become shining like stars. And then we see this echoed again in the transfiguration where Jesus glows on the mountain with Moses. And then we see this in Acts with Stephen and his martyr where he is um, praying and he begins to glow. And then finally, Paul picks this up in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and he says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Then we have Exodus chapter 35 through 40, the rest of the book. The theological function of these last chapters are right here. It resolves the alienation between God and Israel. Remember in Genesis that Adam and Eve were exiled, right, out of God's presence. So now the tabernacle is built, the glory of God comes, and God is dwelling in the midst of his people, and that fellowship is restored. This marks Israel as Yahweh's people. They are his treasured possession, and God is going to use Israel to show his glory to the rest of the earth. And then lastly, this ensures the success of Israel's future if they will serve Yahweh in obedience and worship him the way that he has stipulated. Let's talk quickly about Psalm 19. It's one of my favorite. We see creation again echoed in the beginning verses. And then finally, it ends with one of my favorite verses in verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Oh, I just love that. Be, be pleasing to you, oh God. Let's talk about Acts. Acts chapter 5. This is Ananias and Sapphira, a very sobering, sobering narrative. What has happened is that they pledged after they sold this property to give all of the money. So now the money is... It should be the churches, but they have willfully withheld some back. This should echo with us the story of Achan in the book of Joshua, where Joshua, where he took the things that were um, 
allocated to Yahweh. This should also make us think of Nadab and Abihu that offered unholy fire and then they were killed for that. Subsequently, Achan was killed for what he did as well. Um, then let's talk about Luke's parallel. Remember that Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and Luke wrote Acts. So here he has paralleled beautifully um, the martyrdom of Stephen with Jesus. Let me show you. Both Jesus and Stephen were arrested, made to stand trial, falsely accused, and executed. Jesus says in Luke 23, 46, Into your hands I commend my spirit. And then Stephen says, Receive my spirit in Acts chapter 7, verse 60. Um, no, in Acts chapter 7, verses 59. And then Jesus says, forgive them, for they know not what they do in Luke 23, 34. And Stephen says, do not hold this sin against them in Acts 7, 60. So Luke is paralleling those two as he writes. Finally, we have the Damascus Road. What an incredible experience when uh, the scales fall off of um, the eyes of Paul, this is echoing. This is echoing the snake and, and all of the evil that he perpetrated in the garden. It's falling now from Paul's eyes. And then finally, Peter's vision and Cornelius's conversion. Now, we will talk more in depth at the end of the year about um, the New Testament because we're going to be reading only the New Testament that last quarter. So we'll really dive in then. But I hope that you continue reading and I hope that you enjoy it. God bless you. See you next time.